0: deep left field. That ball is high. It is far. there's gone. High fly ball into right field. She is gone. In a year that has been so improbable, the impossible has happened. Here's the windup. Fastball hit deep to right.
1: Welcome everybody to the second episode of Holy Cow Talk About Baseball with Max Matheson. Second guest will be Alex Freedman. Welcome in Alex.
0: How was the uh, the Texas alumni
1: game? No one did, I got a ball. Oh awesome. Well thank you for having me.
0: No, no, absolutely. Happy to do it. Thanks for being flexible with the schedule.
1: Yep, yeah, you're welcome. What made one made you want to become a broadcaster?
0: Well, it, it's a funny story. I, I you know, started getting compliments on my voice when I was in high school, and I went to college with the initial thought of becoming like a regular news or sports tv reporter maybe print even though i know obviously you don't really use your voice that way but i realized quickly that that was not going to be for me Uh, while i was in school though i also got involved with the the campus radio and and tv stations and really enjoyed it and really enjoyed having the chance to to do play-by-play and be on the air And graduation was coming up, and I really wasn't quite sure what I was going to do. And a couple of folks who had experience in the business suggested that I give it a try, specifically within uh, baseball. And baseball has always been uh, my favorite sport and and the one I played the most. So um, it was always a job that I thought would be cool as a kid. I just really had no idea how you went about and did it or how realistic it was. And then, fortunately, through experience, I realized, uh, you know, I was at least kind of good at it and uh, hope to think that I've gotten better since then. And, um, you know, now I don't know what else I would be doing. So it's it's a choice I'm very glad I made.
1: Yeah. And the other question is, what was your first broadcasting memory?
0: First memory? Oh, well, I mean, I... I remember I started doing the, like the morning announcements at, at high school over the intercom. I'm, I'm sure high schools are much more technologically savvy these days, but I remember doing those and, and having fun with those and, and we started kind of doing, um, uh, kind of putting video to get, putting uh, video shows together with within our high school and all that. and. And within terms of play-by-play, play, um, I would say one of my more favorite early memories was a football game I did my, my senior year of college at, at Northwestern. And they were playing Iowa, and they had a big comeback late and won. Um, so that was definitely one of kind of my more thrilling moments as I was getting started.
1: What is your preparation for games like?
0: It's a long process every single day. Um you know, we in baseball, it's it's one hundred fifty games. If you know, at our level, the AAA level, and it, it really it's it's kind of an all day process. You know, I write our, our daily media notes, and that helps out with my preparation because the stuff I would be researching anyway. So, in terms of how the team is doing, how certain players are doing, the starting pitcher that day. You know, I'm looking at trends good and bad you know when it's a, in terms of the starting pitcher I'm, I'm looking at their last start I'm not and I'm going more in depth than just oh he went five innings and gave up two runs I'm going to look into how exactly that went because we have access to be able to do that so it's well he started off by retiring 10 in a row but then he gave up back-to-back home runs and then settled it again so just learning that stuff to see how the pitcher did in his last start looking at recent usage patterns for players and hitters. And, you know, that starts, like I said, um, around, I'd say no later than 9 a.m. Uh, getting to the ballpark and when we're at home, it's a little bit different. I get there a little bit earlier, um, probably late morning, noon. When we're on the road, uh, we typically will get there around 2 o'clock or so for a 7 o'clock game. Uh, you know, obviously always checking in with, with Travis uh, if there's anything you yeah. are notable, um, if there's specific questions I have for the players, you know, I'll make sure I, I, I go and, and find them and, and ask them. Uh, you know, recording pregame interviews, which are a great uh, resource for me, because you know you can still use a lot of the anecdotes that you get from the players or coaches throughout the broadcast that day. Talking with the other team's broadcaster, reading their game notes. You know, filling out my scorebook a very specific way. You know, I put name, position, their season stats, their stolen bases, in that. and then how have they been doing lately. You know, we're unique in the minor leagues now uh, in that, you know, we play these six-game series. So how have they done for the series? You know, I write all that down so you're not spending a lot of time having to look it up. It's there for quick reference. Um, so all that stuff, you um, And then usually an hour before the game, I'll kind of eat and take a little bit of a break. And then 15 minutes before the game is is when we go on the air. So like I said, it's a a long process every day. Of course, you know, you're really tuned in to how the parent club is doing, how the Los Angeles Dodgers are doing, and how, you know, what might be going on with them can affect – us in Oklahoma City. So I'm not only also paying attention to them, I'm seeing how everyone else in the minor league system is doing. So like I said, it, it's an all-day process, but I don't necessarily consider it work. It's stuff that I enjoy doing and looking up. But, uh, of course, there are breaks here and there, but but it really is an all-day thing. Um, now, I also do some freelance work in, in terms of basketball, and that's, that's a little bit different um, You because know, I'm not around the teams as much, of course, like like I am in my full-time job. Um, but, but a lot of the same principles are, are applied to that in terms of, you know, how the team has been doing it, why has it been doing talking to the coaches, get a better sense of that, how specific players have been doing, good or bad. Um, so it's just a lot of research, a lot of note-taking. Uh, so once you get to that game, you're going to feel comfortable. Now, the thing is, you're not going to necessarily use everything that you prepare for. Um, and And I think that if you do, you haven't prepared enough. And there's also going to be scenarios where you could prepare a lot, say, on the starting pitcher, and he gets knocked out in the first inning, and that's just the way the game goes sometimes. So, again, there's a lot of prep, but you also have to be, have to adjust to what's happening in the game a lot as well.
1: So are you going to spring training?
0: I don't know yet. Um, you know, we, we haven't been in a while. You know, we would typically go for a few days, And haven't been since 2020. We actually got there right before kind of the the COVID pandemic shut everything down. Um, Of course, there was that COVID restrictions and there was a potential lockout. Last year was kind of the first normal year. Um, So eh, I'm not quite sure yet. Maybe Uh, we'll we'll wait and see. And, And it's a little bit more complicated this year because of the Dodgers schedule and how they're ending their games in Arizona earlier because they start the regular season in Korea. So it's still TBD at this moment.
1: Do you think Wakabila will pitch at OKC before going to the Dodgers?
0: You know, I I don't have the information to answer that right now. I I think we'll all learn a lot more in in spring training and where he is in, in his progression. And if making a couple of rehab starts makes sense. but. Um, until I think we we hear from him and the team how he's doing once he gets to spring training, it's going to be hard to tell.
1: Yes, yeah, so my other question is, what are your predictions for the Dodgers this year?
0: For the Los Angeles Dodgers?
1: For For OKC Baseball Club.
0: Well, it, it's so hard to make predictions because you never know who's going to be on the roster. You have an idea of some guys who are going to be there, but so much of it is dependent on what happens with the big league team and and how much they're going to need players that that would spend time in Oklahoma City and, and of course, health, not only at the big league level but, but at the AAA level and you know last year was insane in terms of the amount of players that that got pulled up constantly going back and forth that's why i thought it was even more impressive the way the team in oklahoma city performed last year with 90 wins the league championship because the roster stability was almost non-existent there were so many days where travis and and our pitching coaches went into a game knowing that we were going to be limited on pitching options because they were either holding someone back because they might go to L.A. or they were going up. Um, and they just kept finding ways to win games. So it, it's a little bit hard to tell right now. Um, it, it's one of those where I think just because of how the big league team signed so many pigeons this year, uh, a lot of that depth could be in Oklahoma City. To start to a lot of those guys on the 40-man roster that – uh, of course you're still young and have options the Landon backs Nick Frossos Hunter Fiducia likely will be back without without injury um and you know we'll, we'll wait and see on, on Miguel Vargas but but of course you know so much so much depends on what happens in spring training too of course we sat here last year at this time no one would have foreseen the box going down for the year with an injury and it's the unfortunate reality that stuff like that happens so um once we get to, to kind of late March, we'll have a better idea of things, but but we know that there's tons of great players throughout the system, whether they're on the 40-man roster, whether they're, you know, they've been had pre- previous AAA experience. Um, you know, the farm system is still held in high regard with, with a lot of great players. So, uh, you know, in, in the time we've been affiliated with the Dodgers, you know, there, there was one losing season that was it, but the team's been good every other year besides mm-hmm. that. So, History would like to tell you that, that the team will be good, but, but you just never know until you play playing the games.
1: What was your reaction when we heard about the news that Shohei Otani was being on the Dodgers?
0: Well, I wasn't surprised that they signed him. I certainly, like many people, uh, couldn't believe the $700 million number. Uh, now, of course, we've learned since then a lot of it will be deferred and, and so on and so forth, but uh, that part, of course, I think came as a huge surprise. The fact that they signed him was not a big surprise. I think internally this was something that they were building towards the last couple of years, um, and I knew it was a very high priority of theirs. So I'm not very surprised that he ended up in Dodger Blue.
1: Joe Kelly's number is 99 when, when gave Joe Kelly's wife a Porsche. That went yeah. viral.
0: Yeah, that was pretty cool. That was pretty cool.
1: So, what was your reaction on Bobby Miller changing his number to twenty-eight?
0: I, you know, hey, it's it's some guys care about their numbers, some guys don't. Some guys are, hey, I'll I'll wear whatever jersey you give them to me, and some guys, you know, have special meanings for their numbers. So, whatever a a player wants to do, it's gonna if he thinks it's gonna help him or make him feel more comfortable, I support it.
1: Then for next. This year, we might get Andy Pagers. We might get Diego Catara. That's the most one. Then I'm excited to see Drew Ravens back again.
0: Yeah, I think Drew will be back again. Obviously, I hope he, he gets an opportunity somehow the big leagues. You know, it, it would be his fourth year at AAA. And, you know, he's been such a valuable member of the team in so many more ways uh, than one. And, you know, of course, he just, everyone roots for him. Hopefully, he'll get that chance, you know, at some point this year. It's also his last year before he come, becomes a, a free agent. So, uh, I know sometimes AAA career records can be a bit of a du- dubious distinction, uh, but he's getting up to there a lot of Oklahoma City's, you know, career records. Uh, but even if you do that, I know on one hand as well, he was in AAA for really a really long time, but you still have to be a really good player to have. That kind of success at the AAA level. So yeah, I think Drew will probably be back. Andy Pahez, uh, you know, I, I would assume he'll be with us. You know, he did get up to Oklahoma City and it was unfortunate. And his triple A debut was heard it bad, I believe, tore his labrum off the wing. He's done for the year. So he yeah, had very- shoulder surgery. So We'd have him for one game. Him and Johnny DeLuca came up at the at the same time in mid May the past year. So as long as he's healthy, I, I would I'd expect him to be with uh, Oklahoma City to start the year.
1: Get Kendall Williams I'm thinking of next?
0: Possibly. You know, he made a spot start for the team uh, late in the year. Uh, You know, he'd spent most of the year at high A and then some time at double A as well. They might want him to go back to double A for a little bit more seasoning. Um, so we'll, we'll have to wait and see, but like I said, you know, so much of it can be a domino effect based on what happens with the big league club and and how that affects triple A, affects double A and so on and so forth.
1: And I saw a newest Dodger, Dodger who was at the UT alumni game, Dylan Campbell.
0: Was he drafted this past year?
1: Uh, he was drafted 2023, last year. Yeah, so
0: last year. So he's going to be a ways away from from coming to Oklahoma City, but, but that's cool. You have to meet him.
1: Yeah, so far he's down in Rancho. So you know who I'm thinking of having next? Who's that? Nick Frasso. he's going to get called up this year.
0: If, you know, if he stays healthy, I, I think the, the odds are, are likely, you know, he'll have a good shot to, to make his big league debut.
1: James Altman, he did good.
0: James Altman, you know, hey, give him credit. Um, you know, the, he wins himself a job and out of spring training and, and then gets off to a great start and then gets through a slump. The Dodgers stuck with him. Sometimes teams won't have as much patience, especially for the goal. Is to win the division championship, but I really salute the the Los Angeles Dodgers for sticking with him and letting him work himself out of it. And finishes in the top three in, in NL Rookie of the Year voting. Oh, it was a runaway for Corbin Carroll, but still to to be in the top three that's a huge accomplishment.
1: How did it feel to be able to call the OKC Dodgers Pacific Division win last year?
0: Awesome. Absolutely awesome. Uh, you know, I've, I've been doing this job, not necessarily in Oklahoma City, but, but working in baseball um, for a long time, since 2007 was my first year. And my team had the championship. It had been to the championship series a couple of uh, three times before and lost each time. So it was awesome to be able to do that. The team had won one in, in 27 years. And it was just great. Uh, you know, it would have been, obviously it was a great season regardless, but you know, to have them play so well and then fall short of a championship would have been really heartbreaking. So I'm, at did the it, there's really no drama either. I know Travis is something he told me, he said the thing he was proudest of was they left no doubt in the championship series. So, you know, you think about it a little bit in the, in the uh, possibility of it happening, uh, but yeah, it was just great. You know, I, I didn't know how I was going to react. Uh, and I was very happy, of course, but I, I don't know if I was maybe as exuberant as I thought it was going to be before it happened, but so, so proud of those guys, so happy for them. And, and, uh, you know, I fly forever as they like to say. Oh, you know, if it's just a triple A championship. Swero coming set. Here's his 0-2 pitch. Swinging a fly ball into right field. DeLuca a couple of steps back. He's there. Dodgers are champs. For the first time since 1996, Oklahoma City has a triple-A baseball champion.
1: So what was that reaction about that?
0: Well, like I said, you you go into it, Knowing there are certain things you want to make sure that the emphasize. Of course, the first thing is to get the play. <laughs> to get the play first, make sure it's clearly communicated that, you know, what happened to the play and the outers recorded and, and all that. But, like I said, 27 years. Uh, I think in the minor leagues, when there aren't as many teams in each league battling for a league title, it's, it's a pretty decent drought. Um, so you wanted to make sure that, you know, to, to relay the significance of it, how long it had it been. And, uh, you know, obviously you just want to make sure you you get to the point as well. So, um, like I said, Dodgers are champs. Highlining this the first time in, in 27 years, of course, that, that goes on for a little bit longer. But, um, you know, you just want to make sure you don't screw up a moment like that. And I don't think I did.
1: <laughs> yeah, so from that Michael Bush home run, that was so cool when I saw that.
0: It was, you know, three run homer earlier in the game, you know, it was was two to one at that point. And, you know, he was in a bat, he was really battling and hits a three run homer. And you felt really good about their chances at that point. And and like I said, it's always awesome when your best player comes through in the biggest moments, you know, and uh, Bushy is such a, uh, you know more so than players such a great guy and um it was just awesome to see him who had such a great year and you know he yeah, would go up and down and when he played up he didn't play a whole lot and that's you know really tough situation but you know never let it bother him when he was at AAA, a was always the same player so steady i don't think he really went into any kind of slump all year so uh, very well deserved is is the league's MVP, and, and like I said, for him to to hit a, a home run like that in a game of that magnitude, is pretty cool. Swings and hits a
1: line drive deep left field. Back to the wall is Harris. It's that was like that was a huge big shot.
0: Like I said, yeah, big game. I mean, just a huge moment in the game. Like I said, it was two to one. I can't remember, if it was the fourth or the fifth, Um and you know, two guys on, you know, starting pitcher was, was kind of throw, thrown a lot of pitches at it. Bass specifically had gone pretty deep, so um, you felt, again, like I said, you felt really good about about their chances once once that swing happened.
1: Some bad took the Barnhart first home run as an OKC Dodgers. That was the best one, I'd say.
0: I, I don't remember that one, but... But I, I appreciate it, yeah. Uh,
1: it was this one.
0: Breaking ball is lined into right field. Another base yes, in. round third and score. Oh, Hernandez set. on okay. his way to second. He's going to be stopped That's there. Throw towards second is offline. It's an RBI double for Tucker Barnhart. And the Dodgers have a one nothing lead in the fourth inning.
1: Like, that was a good one. You want to know
0: what my favorite outside of the championship was this year? One. When Cole Calhoun hit a grand slam in, in Reno in the ninth yeah. inning. Team was already leading, but he, uh, he hit one. That was one of my favorites. Uh, that was definitely near the top. And then the other one was probably when Yorby Beavis hit for the cycle in Sugarland.
1: Yeah, that was like the hugest one. I'd say my favorite memory of that is Michael Bush getting the MVP for Pacific Coast League.
0: Yeah, I mean it's it's the first time since Nelson Cruz in 2008, Oklahoma City had a league MVP, and like I said, it's it's it, I think it's even more special because of the kind of person he is. Um, so that was he was he was the clear, unquestioned MVP on the field, as far as I'm concerned. Um, so. Yeah, it was. Uh, that was. It, you know, it's one of those where you think he has a good chance to win, but until you get the official, official word, you just don't know.
1: The game that Walker Buehler was pitching, that was the most one.
0: You know, that was another great day, another great game, and there was a. You know, you could just feel something a little bit different in the ballpark that day. You know, when he pitched and, and threw those two innings and, and retired all six batters he faced. And then Gavin Stone follows him with, uh, six dominant innings as well. And, uh, this between the two of them really carved up round rock that day. But that was, uh, that was cool to see, you know, uh, Walker getting, getting back on the mound and, and, and looking good. Obviously something unfortunately probably happened, um, that he didn't feel comfortable progressing in his rehab, but. Uh, that was uh, yeah, that was a great day too. You know, you have players come on rehab a lot, but there's some where it's it's a little more. Like I said, the buzz is a little bit bigger, it's a little bit more special, and, and that was definitely one of those days uh, when Bueller pitched this past year.
1: Next pitch, How about Miggy home run when he made this year? That was like the special one.
0: Next pitch, Márquez will swing, hit a fly ball deep left field from looking at the video wall, and it
1: is gone.
0: A home run for Miguel fight. Vargas, a three-run yeah. shot, is first with Oklahoma a's City. He was going in, by then. The Dodgers have now homered in seven straight. Mm, That's the that good was news. Like, the bad news is still down nine to five that in said. The so. Unfortunately, they were still losing uh, at that point, but uh yeah. What about Tony Gonsolin? He's getting good this year. Uh yeah, it sounds like he's gonna be out for most, if not the entire year. had to have surgery, you know details came out. he really gutted through things you know for the team this past year, even though his his he was he was hurt, but he was pitching through it, so obviously yeah. he slewed a guy like that because he knew that the options besides him were pretty limited um so obviously best of luck to him and in, in his recovery. hopefully we will see him before the end of the season.
1: Yep, and I bet we might see Daniel Hudson again.
0: I mean, that's another guy who you know you hope he he does all right in spring training. Uh, I mean, there's also obviously a good chance that that if he has a really good spring and is healthy, he could be with the big league team to start. But um, you know, he is on a minor league contract as of right now. But but that's a guy that when he's right and when he's healthy can can add a lot of value. And, and it was, you know, he did rehab with us for a couple of games this past year and, and got back to the big leagues and, and pitched well in, the I think, two or three games that he was able to get in before he got hurt again. And, um, you know, it's, it's it's his knees. It's not his arm necessarily, which I know in, in some sense makes things a little bit even all the more frustrating. But, yeah, hopefully he's, uh, he's healthy and, and can help out the big league club.
1: I bet we might see Emmett Sheeman again and probably Gavin Stone, I bet.
0: Yeah, those are two guys that, that we know can can certainly perform at the big league level. Uh, but like we talked about earlier, there are a lot of free agent signings this year, so it's those kind of guys where maybe they do get pushed down the depth chart a little bit, but, but they know they're guys who can perform, like I said uh, – very capably at the big league level. So, um, so much of it, you know, will shake out in spring training. And, of course, things change all throughout the year. They could both be, you know, back and forth between Oklahoma City and L.A. And we'll just have to wait and see.
1: Yeah, I bet we might have Tyler Glass now maybe when he's because we signed him for a five-year deal.
0: Well, Glass now, you know, he's the only way he's ever coming to Oklahoma City is if he's on a rehab assignment. And you don't, you hope that's not the case because it means he's hurt. But, but, like, that's one of the big ones that, you know, we were talking about earlier, the, the really fortified, uh, the big league roster. So with him, like I said, it, it pushes down kind of a, the, uh, the depth for everybody else when you add a, a Tyler Glass now.
1: Then we might have Teoscar Hernandez because – I know that Jason Hayward and Chris Taylor and Manuel Margot. He might Teoscar Hernandez might come down.
0: Uh, no, he's a major league free agent. He's been an established guy, so uh, like a kind of like Tyler Glassdale. The only way we'll see him is if he's on rehab, and that's something that you hope. Doesn't happen because it means he, he got hurt to begin with. But the Dodgers have basically said he's gonna have a chance to play pretty much every day.
1: Yeah, are we planning to have Landon back?
0: I'd say there's a good chance Landon is is back with us to start the year. Like uh, the things can always change in, in spring training, but got added to the forty man roster this past off season, very well deserved. So uh, because of that, you're you're always just kind of one injury or, or one, you know, who knows what, uh, bullpen and, and pitching staff being taxed away from, from going up. But uh, I'd say that the odds are pretty decent. He, he starts the year in Oklahoma City.
1: Yeah, Miguel Vargas has to change his number for the official LA Dodgers because his 17 and 18 got taken.
0: Yeah, I guess we'll wait and see once we get to uh spring training what he's gonna end up wearing.
1: So do you have any quotes from Vin Scully? The actual Vin Scully
0: Do you mean do you mean do I have any sayings like Vin Scully? Yeah, yeah that's I,
1: right.
0: not not really. Uh you know, I'm I'm one who tries to do things organically. The one thing we do have, and this has been kind of a an inside joke with myself and, and the guys who run the the commercials and the uh, the audio back in in our our studio is that whenever the the team wins uh, in the post game show we play the opening parts of a song called the party train by the gap band and it really just kind of came about like i said organically my first year in oklahoma city where there was no plan it just kind of randomly came up right into the post game show and and I'm like, man, I like that song. And I asked the board op what it was called, and he says, the party train. I said, well, okay, see so then the Red Hawks, Red Hawks take the party train to a, you know, whatever it was, win that night, and, and that's the thing we do now. So, um, yeah, it's uh, when the team wins in the post game show, we play the party train and talk about being on the party train.
1: And we know that John Sterling always says, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Maybe that could be our... New one when people like on OKC Dodgers hits. Well,
0: I don't want to. I don't want to take anything. I don't want to copy anybody. So,
1: oh, uh, oh, of oh, course, or oh, oh, like Phil Rizzuto always says, "Holy cow!" Yeah. That could
0: work. yeah, like I said, I just like to happen have things happen organically because you know not not all home runs are created equally. Um, so. And sometimes, you know, there's a question, is it going to be a home run or not? You don't want to fit a a round peg into a square hole is how I kind of view things.
1: From the last, from the last visit since I've seen you, so you've been going on the road with the team.
0: Yeah, I travel with the team. You know, I'm at every single game, home and road, so all my duties – you know, are the same, regardless of if the team is at home or or on the road. There's a little bit more stuff that you're responsible for at home, but the same general stuff is is all the same. So, um, like I said, I, I love it though. It's uh, I, you know, you have to love the grind of it. And I certainly do, and you know, it's given me the chance to to experience a lot of places I, I wouldn't otherwise do it. And it's a little bit more relaxed on the road as well. Like I said, you're not as responsible for as many things. Um, so a little bit more laid back, chance to kind of hang out down the clubhouse a little bit more and and stuff like that.
1: My tickets are booked for OKC and Round Rock. Okay, awesome. So I'll be at the games.
0: Yeah, we go there three times this year. So, so yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing you and your family come out to the games.
1: Brandon would be in college by then, so I'm going to invite him up.
0: Oh, okay. I didn't know you. I, I I was sure if you had any siblings. So,
1: well, I actually have a friend, and he met d from from Dodgers Nation oh, when cool. he was at FanFest. Oh,
0: awesome! Yeah, well, FanFest is it's always just kind of signals that spring training's right around the corner. And I know you were uh, before we started recording. You were watching it on your phone, so. It's always an event I know everyone looks forward to out there.
1: Travis said that during spring training, he will on me with Walker Beeler.
0: Yeah, listen to that episode. I heard him say it, so you got to make sure that you hold him to it.
1: Yeah, I will. The Seoul-South Korea game is almost here. <laughs>
0: Yeah, about a, you know a month and a half or so away. Yeah, it's, uh, obviously because of that, it really adjusts the schedule for for the Dodgers in terms of when they start spring training and and all that. So yeah, it's 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 gonna be here before we know it. What do you think about the James Paxton deal?
1: We're getting good pitching rotation.
0: Yeah, that's a guy. Like I said, we've talked about health. Hopefully, he's healthy because when he is, he's he's really good. So. Hopefully he'll yep. be he'll be good to go.
1: Thanks for joining me. And of course, my pleasure.
0: Absolutely happy to do it. Awesome to see you've got this thing going. Um, I know it takes a lot of time and, and preparation and commitment. So I certainly salute you for doing that.
1: Yeah, I see that background of Chickasaw Bricktown Ballpark. Yes, you know? it
0: is. Yeah. Yep. Aerial view of the ballpark.
1: And I'll be planning to visit up in Chicksaw Bricktown Ballpark. Just and let us of...
0: know. We'll make sure we get you guys tickets and you guys can come up to the booth again. Yep. When we come to Round Rock, same thing, and we can uh, we can find a way to get you guys up there and in Round Rock as well.
1: Yeah, good thinking. Planning to see you in Round Rock.
0: Yeah, looking forward to it. Sounds great.
1: Alright see
0: ya alright, take care bye Line to deep left field that ball is high it is far it is gone high fly ball into right field she is gone in a year that has been so improbable the impossible has happened here's the wind up
1: Fastball hit, deep cover! The...